Matt Nagy's head coaching days with the Chicago Bears could be numbered. The Cleveland Browns, even in a loss, show us some resilience we haven't seen yet this season. And Marcus Mosier gives you the championship winning fantasy football targets that you should be looking for all on today's episode of Locked On NFL. You are Locked On NFL, your daily NFL podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, football fans, and welcome into another episode Tuesday here on Locked On NFL. I am Ross Jackson, your daily host over at the Locked On Saints podcast, On uh, all on my lonesome today. We've got our good friend Luke Braun. He is out right now during the holidays, so you've got myself, but I'm going to be joined by a wonderful, wonderful band of guests today. But first and foremost, let me thank you so much for taking the time to make us your first listen of the day. Don't forget, we're free and available on all platforms, including on YouTube as well. Today, we're going to be joined by our good friends from across the network. Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears is going to talk to us a little bit about Justin Fields, Matt Nagy, another disappointing loss in Chicago. Then we're going to be joined by the one, the only Jeff Lloyd of Locked on Browns. Talk about Baker Mayfield's future in Cleveland and the Cleveland Browns fighting through some really tricky circumstances on a sort of uh, impromptu Monday night football matchup. And then Marcus Mosher is here from Locked on Dynasty Football to talk about some of the targets you should be looking at in the Tuesday night games. Because yes, we've got Tuesday night games this week, as well as next week, some waiver wire targets to help you bring that fantasy football championship home. But to get us started today, we're going to be joined and kick everything off with Lauren Cox. Before we get to that, I want to talk a little bit real quick about what's going on across the NFL. Just something to keep an eye out on. The NFL changing some of its COVID protocols, its health and safety protocols. 47 players moved to the COVID injured reserve list. Uh, Some notable names there being tied in from the Kansas City Chiefs, Travis Kelsey, Joey Bosa you've got on there, Jared Goff, quarterback from the uh, Detroit Lions, who just won their second game of the season under head coach Dan Campbell, wide receiver Kendrick Bourne and others. So just a sort of situation to continue to monitor as we saw three games rescheduled in week 15. Could we see something like that happen again here as we get closer to week 16 right around the corner? But We'll cross that bridge when we get there. The bridge that was crossed, however, is one that led the Chicago Bears to a 4-10 record on the season. Going to be joined next by Lauren Cox of Locked on Bears to talk about the loss. All right, everybody, joining us now here on Locked on NFL, it is Lauren Cox, the one, the only, the illustrious host of the Locked on Bears podcast. Lauren, tough loss for the Chicago Bears, dropping to 4-10 on the season, 17-9 loss to the Minnesota Vikings. Let's start with the game. What went wrong for the Chicago Bears struggling to stay healthy, all of the things in terms of availability, but what went wrong out on the field? Yeah, the Chicago Bears went wrong in a lot of the same ways they go wrong this season. And it was there was something lethargic about you know being able to share that experience with a national audience on Monday Night Football. (laughs) The rest of the world could experience some of what we see on a week to week basis. But you know, it's a team that Obviously, turnovers were a big factor in this game. Penalties, a big factor in this game. They, they, they were right there so often. I mean, they drove down the red zone and had one field goal, I think, out of three or four red zone possessions. They had two or three drives start in Vikings territory that came away with zero points. They just could not finish drives. And this was a Vikings team that has given up the most points in the, the last two minutes of halves and games. At the end of the second quarter, at the end of the fourth quarter, they let teams score a lot. I mean, number one, or I guess number 32 in the NFL in those areas. And even this team couldn't, give the Bears those touchdowns. I mean, drop passes, penalties, interception, fumbles, 
turnovers, really the Bears getting in their own way more so than the Vikings doing anything major to derail what they were trying to do. Yeah, it felt like a lot of self-inflicted wounds in this one, particularly over on the offensive side. But the defense felt pretty impressive. Only 87 passing yards allowed to Kirk Cousins and a secondary that was you know, full of not a lot of the usual household names in Chicago. What are some of the good things you can take away from this as a Bears fan? Yeah, that was the, the huge surprise, right? Pre-game, we saw Justin Jefferson wearing the Randy Moss jersey, and it's mm-hmm. like, oh no, he's going up Swagged against out. <laughs> undrafted free agents at cornerback, guys they just pulled off of the practice squad, and they held Justin Jefferson to 47 yards on four catches. He had, a, he had a nice touchdown where he smoked the Bears' backup safety in the corner of the end zone, but like for the entire secondary to be backups and, and be able to hold Kirk Cousins down to one of the worst winning quarterback performances we've seen in the last 10 years – not a bad day at the office. I mean, generally speaking, if you hold an opponent to 17 points, that's that's a winning defensive performance. I mean, I think the number one defenses in the NFL average about 16 points allowed per game. So, like, a lot of credit has to go to the Bears defensive coordinator and, and for that young secondary in particular for stepping up, although it helps that Akeem Hicks has two yeah. sacks in his first game back. They were able to get good pressure on the Vikings quarterback all game, and they held Delvin Cook to 3.3 yards per carry. So it wasn't like Cousins had this – perfect opportunity around him but of course the Bears offense really unable to hold up their end of the bargain yeah absolutely and look I you know look I cover a team that has a phenomenal defense and an offense that sometimes fails to hold up it's into the bargain so we've seen it in uh, other places across the NFL for sure so I just want you to know you're not alone there did you have a, a standout game from Alec Ogletree on your 2021 bingo card at all for the Chicago Bears you know, I, I, I'm, I'm scared to even go that far. I mean, yes, he had a big hit. And he had a big t- I mean, like, he made a couple of nice plays, but he, he still – he always has some rough ones in there too, especially yeah. I think if he has to go back to the All-22. I mean, it's he, – he and Roquan Smith, I mean, both great athletes at the position. But you know, I was really impressed by Thomas Graham Jr., the, the rookie six-round pick cornerback. He had three pass breakups in the game, and that's three times as many pass breakups as Eddie Jackson has this season. So, like, it, it, they were able to get some plays downfield from guys making making things happen and, you know, give credit to the defensive line, too, in that run defense as well to help free up Ogletree and Roquan Smith to make as many tackles as they did in the game. For sure. What would you learn about Justin Fields getting a look at him in primetime here? It, it was another step forward for him, mm-hmm. but it's some of these similar frustrations that we're seeing. It's like he has a super efficient game passing. I mean, seven yards per attempt and – put up what it ended up being 285 yards at mm-hmm. the end with some garbage time play. But but like he was making nice throws downfield, a couple of inaccurate passes here and there, but still then taking sacks that he cannot take and fumbling twice. And you know, some of those fumbles, it's like it's not it's not that he's being super reckless with the ball. It's just like it's not enough ball security. He's not holding it out way away from his body and flowing, you know, flooring it around there for teams to come knock away. But Evidently, he's not getting you know the full four points contact, and sometimes it's just weird hits and things like that. So it's like th- he does so many of the difficult things well for quarterbacks to make these downfield throws accurately, and it's just like some of these little things just he still needs to clean up. And it's because he wants to be the playmaker and wants to force plays and extend plays and try and wait for something to develop downfield and or take off with his legs, and that that's great. And you want him to be able to do that, but he doesn't really have the infrastructure around him right now for those things to be successful. But you don't want to tamper him down and, and neuter that playmaking either by making him, you know, be a conservative quarterback. So it's the kind of thing in a rookie season that's already lost, officially eliminated from the playoffs. I can live with fumbles and, and you know, unnecessary sacks when I get some of those great downfield passes too, because those are really fun. Yeah, I feel like it's all about trying to figure out what's the positive right now around Justin Fields and, and how do yeah. you build around it? Am I wrong in saying that no one in Chicago is at this point, upset about the relatively small price they paid to move up to get him? 
Oh, definitely not upset about the the trade up. No, but there are fields doubters. Sure, I guess sure. you would say. Yeah. And I think there's. I mean, there is reason, right? Of course, like no one's. We're not positive he's going to be something. All you know, funny, not, he's not a top five quarterback yet by any means. But there's there's still plenty of optimism that he can get to be something better than the Bears have had in a long time. But there's some reasonable doubt of like, hey, uh, Bears fans have been fooled. 25 times by every single quarterback that's come through this organization that once they start seeing QB flaws, it's like, well, maybe let's not get our hopes up, just have them hurt again, right? I, I do sure. understand it. Yeah, yeah. A little bit of uh, creating some distance there, just in case. Uh, the NFL had an interesting rule change last week. We're going to wrap up on this here, Lauren. Appreciate you coming through on today's episode. Um, they make a rule change last week across the NFL. Last two games of the season, teams can begin to interview potential head coach replacements only if those teams have already vacated their head coach position or let the current head coach know that they plan to move on from them by the end of the season. Will Matt Nagy get that notification before the end of this season? What are you thinking in terms of the head coaching situation in Chicago? Had this rule change not come into play, I would have said no. Mm. That's that's the one thing that throws a wrench in this because the Chicago Bears have never fired a head coach before the end of the regular season. Right. But technically speaking, you could you could argue in the past whether or not there has been an advantage to do so that you could maybe get a head start on thinking about. I mean, you couldn't you couldn't interview coaches before. So what what real head start did you get by firing your coach right. early? There's a there was always a debate there. Now there is some clear advantage. We don't know how, to what extent how much of an advantage that will prove to be, but you could, there's something you could point to to say ownership could say, well, now we have a reason why we we could fire him. So like, I don't think this Vikings game is going to necessarily be the, the hammer that, the, that hammers in the last nail because sure. you can't start interviewing until after next week's game. But if the Bears lose to Seattle next week and they're still they're approaching a, what a four and 13 potential season that they lose the last two games, maybe that could be enough. It just, I don't know, it doesn't feel like like Matt Nagy's been bad, but the Bears have had worse head coaches before in their history that they have let finish the season. So it, it would feel weird to set the precedent now, but maybe the rule change is enough to set the precedent. Yeah, it's all of a sudden it becomes a different environment, right? The Chicago Bears, along with the Baltimore Ravens, the only two teams to not fire a head coach in the regular season, the Baltimore Ravens considerably younger than the Chicago Bears. So, you know, we'll see <laughs> if they... Considerably <laughs> more successful yeah. for a lot of them. <laughs> that's fair as well that's fair as well for more on those chicago bears make sure you're checking out lauren cox at cox sports one on twitter and of course every monday through friday over in the lockdown bears podcast lauren thanks so much for joining us on today's episode of lockdown nfl hey i'm surprised you want to talk about this bears game but i'm happy to do it <laughs> all right y'all coming up next we're gonna be joined by jeff lloyd the cleveland browns might have lost on monday night but what did they show us that we haven't seen from them so far this season and what do we make of Baker Mayfield's future with the Browns? Jeff Lloyd is here to break it all down here in just a moment as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. But first, I want to tell you about our friends over at Boost Mobile. You listen to podcasts like these for the power of getting the inside track, but you switch to Boost Mobile for the power of saving money because with Boost, you get the power of a free 5G phone so that you can listen to all the latest episodes and stay up to date on your favorite players, teams, your favorite leagues, everything it is that you love. And you get the power of three unlimited data lines for just 30 bucks a month per line so that your family can share all of that power as well and all of those insights. And the power of one of America's largest 5G networks so that you can do it all at the speed of 5G. With all that money that you'll save and that edge that you gain, just how powerful will you become? Find out by switching to Boost Mobile 
today. And when you do, you'll get a free Samsung Galaxy A32 5G when you switch to one of America's largest 5G networks. More power to save with Boost Mobile. Free phone is limited to new customers and only one per line. Additional restrictions apply. Offers and coverage not available everywhere or for all phones and networks. See BoostMobile.com for details. Already nearly through the 15th week of the NFL season. You know what that means. It means that Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium in Los Angeles, less than 100 days away. And your friends over at On Location, the NFL's exclusive hospitality partners, are the one and only place for you to get a once-in-a-lifetime Super Bowl ticket and experience package. These are super dope. So you got to check out the website. And when you get there, you're going to be able to select the exact seats that you're going to sit in, right? You don't just end up getting plopped into some nosebleed seats or some obstructed view seats or something like that. No, you pick the seats that you sit in and then you get to sit in them. So not only do you get all of that, you also get the opportunity to choose some elite experiences as well. Those will include things like an exclusive pregame celebration with NFL legends, five-star LA hotels, and food prepared by the great Wolfgang Puck. So visit onlocationexp.com slash SB56 for more information or simply search Super Bowl on location. Once again, that's onlocationexp.com slash SB56 or search Super Bowl on location. All right, everybody, continuing on with today's episode of Locked on NFL. Thanks once again for making us your first listen of the day. The Cleveland Browns fall to the Las Vegas Raiders 16 to 14. Nick Mullins gets to start at quarterback. No Kevin Stefanski on the sideline. A strange game, one that was end up ended up being rescheduled from Sunday. So to help us break it all down and what it means for the Cleveland Browns, we're going to be joined here by Jeff Lloyd of Locked On Browns. The Browns fall to the Las Vegas Raiders on a last second field goal. Jeff, this was not an easy game for the Browns. They came in down 18 players, eight of which starters. I mean, what can you really take away from a game like this in terms of the resilience of this team? I think, and this is one thing that you maybe have not seen with this team this year, is the fact that you know it just kind of, you know, everybody says next man up, mm. and it's a great phrase, but you actually saw it tonight. There were players making plays who were certainly not part of the Browns' regular rotation, but today it was just kind of putting your five best players on the field. And look, it was it started slow. They found a little bit of a groove. They put themselves in a position and they did enough. Granted, you know, the old adage of, you know, how much time did you leave on the clock? But uh, I think for a team that's had a lot of turmoil this year, the one thing you take away from this is, you know, maybe when it truly mattered, they were able to rally. We'll see how it goes out from here. Obviously, the odds are certainly not in their favor. Um, but you see a team that maybe, you know, whatever has gone on this year, they found a way to everybody who at least played today get on the same page and be there for each other. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this was a team that was held scoreless in the first half, but then came back two touchdowns in the second half. What was the adjustment there over on the offensive side that got them to the end zone? I think they realized that they had to take a couple of opportunities and, you know, a couple of balls to Donovan Peoples-Jones. And this has been the key for this year. He's kind of the only guy they have that can threaten anything vertically. And look, everybody knows how great Nick Chubb is. Kareem Hunt didn't play tonight. Everyone knows how great the Browns running game is. But until you can challenge us vertically or beat us vertically, Mm -hmm. what are you going to take away? You're going to take away the running game. Um, And you saw that. And what was the end all be all of it? It loosened things up for Nick Chubb. You were able to go third and goal from the six, score a touchdown with Nick Chubb. 
mm-hmm. uh, the play that was taken away. And look, Wyatt Teller, maybe he held or whatever, but look, Wyatt Teller gets you, it's over anyway. It doesn't matter. <laughs> the Browns, either way, were able to come back um, with Nick Mullins, hit Harrison Bryant for a touchdown. Uh, I, it was really I- impressive the way they were able to. And my only qualm is maybe that last series. Um, look, Nick Mullins didn't make any mistakes with the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, not as efficient as you wanted, but you probably needed to give him at least one opportunity in those final three plays. Yes, Nick Chubb is the better player. Nick Chubb is one of the keys to your success, past, present, future. But Nick Mullins was doing enough where you feel like you really had to give him an opportunity to at least make one play. And the one thing that Nick Mullins didn't do all game that could have maybe been a good call was kind of run everybody out, open up the middle, let Nick use his legs. Yeah. But missed opportunities. Yeah. I mean, I I was watching that uh, that touchdown to Harrison Bryant and, you know, him scrambling around a bit. And I thought, OK, Nick Mullins is going to use his legs. He's going to get that first down at the one yard line. And he was able to, to cough it up there. But what was it that kept them from, you know, really utilizing uh, Nick in that way? Is it because of the system being tailored toward Baker and then Nick coming in with a specific skill set? Or is there just that just wasn't part of the game plan for them? It's not even that had to be designed. And, you know, Mm -hmm. Mullins did a great job on the Harrison Bryant. I mean, and just, you know, basically staggering to the left, staggering to the left, Mm -hmm. finding himself, opening up a passing window, which he did. But, you know, I would have loved the opportunity to just, you know, kind of maybe take a timeout, run the clock down to one second, whisper in his ear, hey, we're going to spread him out. We're going to run him deep. You see five yards. Go get five yards. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, now you have this uh, Cleveland Browns team, seven and seven, but still a very tight AFC playoff race. I mean, you're only one game behind if you're the Browns here from the fifth seed within all of those wild card spots. What do the Browns need to do moving forward here as they hopefully get healthier and return some players in order to seal their own destiny and try to get back into that playoff race? This is the most difficult part about it. I mean, you're going to Green Bay on Christmas Day. Um, this is why this one was so paramount. This is why this one was so important. Um, Lambeau Field, <laughs> yeah. most likely some weather. Aaron Rodgers. They're cooking, even though they have the AFC, uh, the NFC North secured at this point. Look, if Aaron needs to rest his big toe, maybe it's a fantastic time to do it. Yeah. But you figured that was the game that was going to be the difficult route. Pittsburgh one more time. The Browns have a lot of history there. You've already beaten Cincinnati. You needed this one. Uh, now you're looking to go in Christmas Day. And where everybody puts these percentages and these odds are at, a lot of it's based on the fact, are the Browns going to be able to go into Lambeau Field and beat the Green Bay Packers? I can't lie to you. It seems like a really, really tough mountain yeah. to climb. But now you put yourself in a position where, you know, you basically got to climb Everest to, you know, get this season back to where it was. And granted, look, the Browns have been really, really, you know, given the benefit of the doubt here. This team should have never been seven and seven. But here you are. You put yourself in this opportunity. You want to be mentioned in the possibility of going to the playoffs? Find a way to pull out a Christmas miracle. Yeah, there you go. Last question for before we get you out of here, Jeff, uh, Baker Mayfield, how important are these closing games for him and his future? Baker Mayfield already has his fifth year option picked up. Mm-hmm. So, and and I'll, if we're going to go a little bit off script here, Ross, and that's fine. Yeah. I want to do this. Yeah. The draft is not going to bring the answer. Mm-hmm. If you want to tell me that maybe Russell Wilson is an option. If you want to tell me that maybe Aaron Rodgers is an option, Derek Carr, he just played toe to toe with Nick Mullins. So it's either bag the big fish, bring somebody else in, draft a rookie that maybe you're grooming. But Baker Mayfield, I I don't see a way he is not the quarterback for the Cleveland Browns in 2022. I'm okay with it. I truly am because I think as an artist, 
He needs more colors on the palette. You saw wide receiver play tonight from the Cleveland Browns. It yeah. was not that impressive. Even, you know, granted Jarvis Landry wasn't out there. You need weapons. And, you know, Baker Mayfield, I, he was a guy who played ridiculously well as a rookie. He was a guy who played ridiculously well down the stretch in 2020. Get him some weapons and make your decision from there. Because guess what? If it doesn't work with quality weapons at the wide receiver position, it's a lot easier to find a guy to come in and play with quality wide receivers. We'll see how it works out. It's you know it's been a tough blow, and him obviously not being there tonight certainly certainly showed because you think that would have been you know probably a lot easier ball game for the Cleveland Browns. I just think this is a team even if they truly wanted to make a change, I'm not sure that the uh, opportunity is going to be there to get the upgrade that certainly Browns fans are hoping for. But I, I just don't see that the upgrade is there. Uh, yeah. You need to play this out, and certainly you have to take his health into factor a tiny bit. Um, it's just a tough situation for a franchise that, you know, finally feels like they turned the corner, had such a promising 2020 season and feels like they've been driving around with the emergency break on the entire 2021 season. Yeah. Glad to hear a positive there. I'm a big fan of Baker. So love the idea of him, uh, getting, yeah, I think he gets the short end of the stick more times than not, but you know, well, one thing, know. and mm-hmm. Ross, one thing, um, if it, if it weren't for him here in Cleveland, you cover a certain team where mm-hmm. I think they would absolutely find a way to exploit Baker Mayfield. A hundred percent. Absolutely. No doubt about that. The Cleveland Browns seven and seven making a final push to try to stay in that AFC playoff race for everything you need on those Browns. Make sure you check out Jeff Lloyd over at Lockdown Browns. Jeff, appreciate the time, buddy. Anytime, Ross. You know that. All right, everybody. Coming up next, we're going to be joined by Marcus Mosher, Locked on Dynasty Football. Are you just the Tuesday games away from moving on to your fantasy football championship and want to know what to do before next week to try to solidify that win while Marcus is going to give us some insight on exactly what to do, who to look for, and who to race for when it comes to that waiver wire once that ticks over here later on in the week. So we got that and much more coming up for you on today's episode of Locked on NFL. But before we welcome Marcus on, I want to tell you about our friends over at betonline.ag. Got two games tonight. We've got the Seattle Seahawks traveling to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Washington football team heading to the city of brotherly love to take on the division rival Philadelphia Eagles. Both of those games, the home teams heavily favored Los Angeles Rams minus seven, according to our friends over at bet online, as well as the Philadelphia Eagles minus six and a half. You want to get on, get in on those lines. You got some over unders there as well. 45 and a half for Seahawks Rams, 42 and a half for Washington football team and Philadelphia. So you want to get in on any of that betonline.ag is the best fastest and easiest place to get it all done. And if you're a first time customer signing up and putting in your first deposit, make sure you use the promo code locked on L O C K E D O N. So you can get that 50% welcome bonus. Once again, it's a 50% welcome bonus, the promo code locked on over at bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody continuing on with today's episode of locked on NFL. It's Tuesday. That means that it's time for our Tuesday fantasy forum and joined today by Marcus Mosher at Marcus underscore Mosher on Twitter, locked on dynasty football, locked on Cowboys. Marcus, it's a weird week. We've got some Tuesday games this evening, and some of those games may end up being the deciding factor for some folks' fantasy football season. Some folks either in the championship or in the playoffs. Let's start off with the Washington football team and Philadelphia Eagles game, two teams you know a lot about over in the NFC East. (laughs) Are there any players to really keep an eye out on navigating this COVID situation that could potentially help some folks tonight? 
Yeah, I mean, we should we should talk about Jordan Howard, right? I know Miles mm-hmm. Sanders is back in the lineup, but this is an Eagles team that's just running the ball like crazy, yeah. you know, over the last couple of games. Uh, Jordan Howard is going to be active for this game. 10 carries for 63 yards in his last game. I think he's a borderline flex play if you absolutely need somebody because maybe you had, let's say, Jarvis Landry on Monday night and he got ruled out. I think, I think Jordan Howard's a, a nice little flex play this week. That's great. I mean, it's nice to be able to find a running back as well late, somebody that can catch and run out of the backfield. It's kind of what you're looking for in those running backs at this point, right? Exactly. You're really just looking for some for any kind of production, some hopefully some touchdown potential. Uh, Howard's also been pretty efficient this year. He's averaging like five and a half yards per carry for the Eagles. So not a bad play this week. Not bad at all. Is there anybody left over from that Washington football team roster to maybe like go after at all? Or do you kind of just leave that alone in this circumstance? Yeah, that's a, that's a t- tough one because they've had so many guys kind of come on the the COVID list and come off. Uh, we know Cam Sims is actually going to be available to play in this one. He had a really nice touchdown last week, and it seems like he's the guy who, when they're throwing the ball deep, uh, that you know t- Taylor Heineke or Kyle Allen's going to target. He's somebody that I'm at least monitoring. Ricky Seals Jones, the tight end, mm-hmm. with Logan Thomas out for the year. He's not a bad option if you absolutely need somebody. But I'm not going searching for production here in Washington if I don't have to. Sure. feels more like a, if you get desperate, keep an yep. eye on these yep. guys, right? Yep, exactly. And yeah. that's where we're kind of at the fantasy season right now. I mean, with so <laughs> many guys missing this week due to COVID, sometimes you have to make some not great starts at positions you don't want to. But that's just where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's take a look over at the other Tuesday night game and get a bit of a double header here or at least two games. I mean, they're kind of scheduled weirdly, but whatever. Bit of a doubleheader. You get two games. Over on the opposite coast, the NFC West, the Seattle Seahawks traveling to take on the Los Angeles Rams. Any players you're looking at here that could potentially seal somebody's fate in their fantasy football leagues? Yeah, I mean, Van Jefferson's a really interesting one. I know I've started him in a couple leagues. Uh, mm-hmm. He's a little bit feast or famine, but to his credit, he's gone over at least 40 receiving yards in the last seven games. He does have some big play potential, three straight games with a touchdown. I think Van Jefferson, considering Robert Woods is gone for the season, Odell Beckham was on the COVID list for most of this week, uh, a nice little flex option if you need one. Yeah, there's a little bit of concern there, right? Even though Odell Beckham Jr. looks like he might be able to play, got the negative test, waiting to see what happens there. Didn't but practice all week, the case, right? Yeah, that he didn't get into practice. So does that make you still kind of have a little bit of concern around him? I mean, it makes me nervous for a doubt because he's also dealing with a back injury. Like we saw him in the Green Bay game, just really struggling to move around. That's why I think Jefferson is a good play this week. I think he's going to see eight to nine targets like he usually does anyways. Uh, maybe some right. of those targets are more of the the high impact ones where, hey, if he catches a target, it might be for a touchdown. So I'm not afraid to play Jefferson, maybe even over Odell this week. Mm, yeah, go from high percentage to a uh, high impact would certainly be a nice uh, adjustment there for Van Jefferson. Jalen Ramsey expected to be back over on the defensive side. Does that make you nervous at all when it comes to playing these Seattle wide receivers with Russell Wilson, who's kind of been up and down so far this season? I, I mean, I was nervous about these Seattle receivers anyways, especially <laughs> DK Metcalf, because he's just not played particularly well since Russell Wilson's come back. Actually, he was averaging more fantasy points per game with Geno Smith than Russell Wilson. And now that Tyler Lockett is on the COVID list, uh, I expect to see a ton of you know attention to DK Metcalf. So I think you have to start him because he's probably the best option you have. But I think the ceiling of these 100-yard games and a couple touchdowns is just no longer there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, if some folks are going into next week still playing, right, if this just really gets them into the championship round and they're looking at next week to for the actual championship, uh, there's a couple of players that I'm really curious about, but are there any players that potentially stand out as some folks that could end up having sort of that big home run week that you saw this week, hoping to build on it going into the following that folks could target in waiver wires or anything? Yeah, I'm really happy that you asked me this question because it just gives me an opportunity to talk about one of my favorite college players of all time, Duke Johnson. Finally, oh, yeah. finally, the Dolphins gave him a chance. Somebody made him a feature <laughs> running back, and all he did was rush for 107 yards and add in 20 yards in the in the passing game, score two touchdowns. Uh, he'll play your Saints next week mm-hmm. on uh, Monday Night Football, which we know they've got a good run defense, but they are a little susceptible to, to passes out of the backfield. To mm-hmm. running backs, we saw Leonard Fournette just catch a million passes uh, on Sunday night. So, could Duke Johnson be in for you know a game with twenty touches and maybe eight receptions for fifty yards and a touchdown? I think so. I, I'm absolutely playing Duke Johnson this week. That's a really great selection, and, and I'll tell you what too: the New Orleans Saints defense is good for letting one big run rip, rip off. Right? It could be like a twenty-five yarder that's pretty like yep. innocuous in the in the fourth quarter, but hey. They happen, and that's something that you can benefit off of as a fantasy owner. And that's great for a Miami Dolphins offense that's been struggling to run the ball so far this season. So you have to imagine that he's going to get a, a big workload. Yeah, and I think there's no reason not for the Dolphins for no, the Dolphins not to play him. I mean, he's been right. good every time he's been on the field. We know he's a reliable pass catcher, and it just seems like he's a perfect fit for Tua, right? Like he gets open, mm-hmm. he can make plays after the catch. It's a relatively safe throw anytime you're throwing him the ball. I really like Duke Johnson to at least give you RB2 production this week. Yeah, Miami's uh, offense staying condensed as well within Mm -hmm. zero to nine yards. A lot of passing there. That's great for your running back out of the backfield for Tua. Last question for you. Staying in the state of Florida, I want to ask you about one player. The Urban Meyer dumpster fire has finally been put out. And now all of a sudden, James Robinson is getting some touches. If you've got James Robinson going into next week, is that somebody that you like? I mean, how could you not? I mean, he's he's right back to his workhorse role. Uh, so 18 carries against the Texans last week, uh, three receptions for, for 13 yards. You just want to see this guy get as many touches as possible because we know he's a good football player. And next week they play the Jets, who, again, just allowed a 120-yard yeah. game to Duke Johnson. Absolutely, James Robinson is back into your starting lineups this week. And I think we're going to be ranking him as like a borderline RB1 in Week 16. Ooh, gotta love that. There you go. A couple of running backs that could bring your championships home. A couple of Tuesday players to watch this evening that could potentially either be getting you to the championships or if you're wrapping up early, get you the crown on Tuesday night. Marcus, thanks so much as always for coming through, buddy. Anytime, guys. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us for another episode of Locked On NFL. For my good friend, Luke Braun, I am Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A, and keep up with the daily show as well over at Locked On. Saints, make sure you come back for tomorrow's episode. Tony Wiggins, James Rapine, getting you ready for those two matchups on Tuesday. Big divisional NFC matchups with a lot of playoff implications wound up as well, especially in that NFC East showdown. They're going to get you all ready for that. Thanks so much, as always, for making Locked on NFL your first listen of the day. For your second listen, make sure you go and check out Locked on Bets. Win yourself some money with the help of your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. For more across your favorite teams, make sure that you check out your favorite local Locked On podcast as well. We got you covered all across the NFL, as well as, of course, the NBA, MLB, NHL, and dozens of college football shows as well. We've got you covered here, Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.